Hi guys, welcome back to the Talks to Witch podcast. I'm Carla. And I'm Emily. And today we're talking all about the habits that changed our lives. Is that dramatic? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Are we dramatic? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, We are so excited to be back. Thank you guys so much for all the love on the past couple episodes. We've been having so much fun doing this. So yeah. Be sure to tag us if you're spring cleaning while listening to the podcast. (laughs) Please. Um, I also wanted to share that I did a whole blog post outlining everything. So if you listened last week, but it was a lot, which it was, Mm -hmm. um, you can go to emilybelson.com and there's a blog kind of outlining it so that you can make sure you hit everything. Yeah, don't miss anything. You want to. (laughs) Wouldn't want to miss anything. Emily, what have you been talking too much about this week? Uh, third trimester (laughs) of pregnancy. Pregnancy in general. Yeah. I just, this is, I'm 28 weeks now, so it's flown by, but honestly, the last few weeks have been pretty uncomfortable just in general. And I feel like you hit the third trimester and it's like, okay, this is really real. There's a short countdown until this baby's going to be here. So I actually have a lot to do. And I've been thinking about just things I want to do differently this time. Um, now that I know a little more, we should do a whole podcast on that. Yeah, I actually, um, I actually have a lot of things that I think that going in, I can either just have like different, a different setup or a different mindset around different expectations. Just, um, you just know so much more after the yeah. first one, you know? The yeah. first one, you have nothing to compare it to. And everyone's experience seems to be so different that there's not, like, you can't even just hear about it necessarily and know. No, not at all. Like, I, one thing I just, I feel like this is a perfect example of how you just don't actually know how it's going to go. And not like I know how it's going to go with this baby. Like, this yeah. could be completely different. But with John John, I did uh, the Taking Care of Babies sleep class, and I did the... Um, I forget what it's even called. It's a breastfeeding class. Mm. Lactation link, I think. Honestly, so boring, but a lot of good information because everyone talks about how breastfeeding is such a challenge and how that's a really hard thing. Which I think it is for a lot of people. Yes, absolutely. Mm. And I was like, okay, great. I'm sleep and breastfeeding. Like those those seem to be the things. And I never had any issues at all with breastfeeding. It was actually the easiest part of my whole experience. But then there were all these other things that were actually really hard that I just had, it never even occurred to me to think about. Yeah. Just goes to show you can only do so much to prep for like any huge life change. There's only so much you can do. Totally. Totally. But there are a few things looking back. I'm like, oh, it would have been really nice to have a different setup for that or whatever. So, And maybe part of what made some things go easier is because you did have the correct expectations around it, maybe. Yeah, I do think that the thing, like breastfeeding, expecting it to be really tough made it extra glorious when it wasn't. And I also knew a few tricks because I did the course. So it's kind of, it's like when you solve a problem upstream, like you don't know how much that really impacted it. Yeah. But um compared to a lot of people I know, I had a really awesome experience with that. And I was like, okay, well, this was the one thing yeah, right. that I thought was going to be horrible. That's what it <laughs> seems like from an outsider of not having kids at all. It sounds like people talk a lot about breast, I mean, and sleep. I think those are the two big yeah. things, but I feel like sleep's the thing that everyone knows is just going to be bad. Whereas I feel like the experience with breastfeeding is 
huge. Like the variety of experiences is oh, so yeah. massive. Whereas I feel like the sleep totally. thing is like most of the time it's not great for the, at least at the beginning, you know, for a lot of people. Oh yeah, definitely. And anyone who's like, my baby at two weeks old, slept through the night. I'm like, do you want an award? Like what do you, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the like, I mean, I'm sure it would feel like an award if you have a kid. <laughs> you do get an award. Good for you. <laughs> no, it's no. just funny. We actually, we could do a podcast because, um, yeah, one of the things that I've really learned is just how different babies are. Like yeah. a baby is not a baby is not a baby at all. And yeah. I remember a couple months in, John John did start sleeping through the night and he did for like a couple weeks. And I was like, I am the, not actually, but I was like, I am the superior mother. I got this under control. Oh, all my problems are easier now. Well, because they make it seem like once you teach them to sleep through the night once, then they just know. Yeah. And that is actually, at least in my case, yes. total BS. Maybe that is the case for some people, but because we really have gone through like the whole first year, there were, there were phases where he was sleeping great. And then there were phases where he was waking up and I definitely had the expectation that like, but I, they, they act like you like teach them how to sleep through the night and then they just know forever. We should do like a podcast where the first half is before you have the second baby and all your expectations. And the second half is like, oh, we should. Three months later where you're like, <laughs> never mind, never mind. And never mind. I can, we can like listen to it together. And then I can be like, yeah, react no, I was your, completely wrong. React to your uh, expectations of this second child. But yeah. anyway, so that's what I'm thinking about. Honestly, yeah. it feels kind of like I have this 12-week deadline on kind of doing things that I want to do. But I also realize, like, you just don't know. Like, yep. maybe it'll – I'll be able to do more than I think. Maybe I'll be able to do absolutely nothing. That's what I'm preparing myself for. So right. just take it as it comes, right? Exactly. It's pretty much your only choice anyway. <laughs> it is. It's not like you can make some plan and then life adjusts to it. Right. Turns out. Turns out, right. <laughs> um, yeah. What have you been talking too much about? I have been talking too much about crumble cookies. Actually, guys, I really had to struggle to figure some, to think of something because I feel like the last week has just been kind of like mundane, boring. We haven't made a ton of progress in the bathroom, a little bit, but not a ton. We have currently have holes in our ceiling on the in the room under the bathroom because we're going to move plumbing. And, uh, but yeah, so Max and I on Friday night decided to hit up crumble cookies on the way down to the lake. We went to the lake as a family and, um, it was amazing. I've been there once before, maybe twice. I don't know, but it's, they're amazing. And they change the flavors every week. Um, by the time you're listening to this, I, they've already changed them again, but they had this week, they have like cereal flavored cookies. So good. Emily and our fam got to try them because we brought the rest to the lake. Um, yeah, we decided that you guys have to always stop there. Yeah, I know. They're so good. And it's such a fun experience. If you've never been, I think they're like everywhere now. So if you haven't been, I would highly recommend going. It's a perfect little like weekday date night kind of thing. Or I'm sure like kids. And, I mean, who wouldn't like a cookie? I can't really think of a person. They're huge. They're huge cookies. You can like just cut little pieces off of them. We We've the past couple times or two times we've gone, we've gotten one of each. And then we just, for like a week, we work on them. Except for this last time we brought them to the lake and they were gone in one day. But, um, well, there were six hungry people, six, yeah, six cookie hungry <laughs> people, but, um, they're delicious and it's just a fun thing to do. So we did that. Um, and that's kind of what I've been talking about is trying to, they, on TikTok, they do copycat recipes. Mm. So I kind of want to try making my own, but also like that kind of takes the, like some of the fun. I mean, yeah, I like yeah, baking, yeah, yeah. but some of the fun is going to get them. Yeah. Well, and you said the sugar cookies are always a staple. And the chocolate chip. 
and the chocolate chip. I want to make the sugar cookies because they have they definitely have like an almond frosting. Yeah, they're like I'm obsessed thick. with almond. Yeah. And they're not they're not dry, which a lot of sugar cookies are no, dry. They're so thick and moist. Mm, yeah. Anyway, so yeah. We should go we should go this <laughs> on the way home. Yeah. Um anyway, uh the other thing I wanted to give a little update. I'm making my first loaf of sourdough bread today. Stop it. Yeah, I you didn't tell I me. I haven't even told you this yet. So I um I finally got my starter. If you guys want to see, I'll be posting, I'm posting content on Instagram all about it. Um, but my starter was like huge this morning. So I'm making my first loaves this morning and I'm making my starter so that you can have some Thank tomorrow, you. hopefully. Thank like you. I'm doubling it up. So okay, hopefully yay. you should have some tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Am I ready? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> really? Next week we'll update how Emily's first sourdough starter. Yes. Sourdough bread making experience has gone. There's a little bit of troubleshooting. You got to kind of figure it out, but okay. hopefully my bread so far, the dough's looking really good. So I'm very excited. Um, literally this morning, Max, I made him breakfast and he was like, wait, where's the sourdough? I was like, that's not, that's not how it works. I don't make the dough in the it, it, sourdough. If you don't know, is a, it's a full day experience getting it ready to just bake it. Like it's not even, and then you have to wait after you bake it or you're supposed to, but Anyway, it's a long process, but that's sort of what makes it fun. It sort of makes it like this challenge and this experience that you, by the end, are like, thank God it's over. <laughs> Yay. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I literally was thinking about like, there's parts where you're supposed to like mix it for three minutes. And I'm like, I don't know if Emily has like three straight minutes where like to mix dough where John John isn't going to like try to catapult off a couch or something. Yeah. I don't know. But we'll see. We'll see. You'll find out. And you know, if it's not as mixed, I think it's just flat or something. But it's okay. It's still we'll edible. It. Yeah. We'll eat it. Toast it with some butter. All right, guys. Let's get into our habits that have changed our lives. Obviously, we're not like, I don't know, not like expert adults. So I don't know if no. to take our habits with a grain of salt. But these are things I tried to pick simple little things that have really helped my life be better in a lot of different ways. Me too. Do you want to go first? I think the little things often are the big things. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're the things you can actually stick with. So yeah. that makes a big difference. Sure. I will go first. Okay. So the first thing that occurred to me is that I try to do a load of laundry every day and I try to run the dishwasher every night, mm, which I guess that's kind of two habits. But, yeah. um, since having John, John, I have just realized that like, Laundry and dishes are something I'm going to be dealing with for the rest of my life. Yeah, like, yeah, maybe Pat, Pat could take over. Whatever. <laughs> They're going to be part of our lives yeah. forever. So complaining about it or, like, resisting it or being annoyed by it is just really a waste of energy. Yeah. So what has been working really well for me slash us is that I try to at least put a load in almost every day. And that just means there's always clean stuff to bring up. Like I'll put, put one load in maybe like in the evening. And then I, I don't know if it's having, we got new, uh, new washer dryers last summer. I don't know if it's the new washer dryers. It doesn't seem like it is smelly or anything. If you oh. leave it overnight. Oh, I don't know. That's lucky. Or maybe it's our detergent or maybe I just don't smell it or I'm <laughs> ignoring it. I think you're pregnant. I think you'd smell it. If I think, it I, think I would. Cause I know what it smells like when you yeah. left laundry in too long. I haven't noticed that to be a problem. So I just kind of 
I just try to kind of keep up with it and doing, putting a new load in at least every day and then bringing the clean stuff up mm. and obviously putting the wet stuff in the dryer. It just kind of like keeps the system going because John John doesn't actually have a ton of clothes. So, um, you don't wash them and yeah, he's going to be mean, naked <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes he goes through a couple outfits. So yeah, it's just made it easier. And I fold it at night on the couch and yeah, try to put it away. I know some people, they like put a load in, put it in the dryer, fold it and put it away all on the same day, every day. And they're mm-hmm. like militant about it. And I admire those people very mm-hmm. much. That's just a little too strict. Yeah. It's fun. This is something I've been like, I don't want to say struggling with, but it is, these are like the tasks, like the dishwasher and the laundry are, they're ongoing, constant tasks. Yes. Like they're not things that cleaning your bathroom, like you could do that one time and then not have to do it again for like a week or two or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you are like, you kind of have to keep doing, I mean, or you can do a bunch of loads. And I kind of counted the other week and I was like, we do like four to five loads a week anyway. So I think I'm going to try the system and doing one every day at first it with, felt, with like towels, yeah, sheets, all that stuff. A yeah. towels load and a sheets load is two of them. And then there's like two of clothes. Max wears a lot of clothes. I don't know how the kid goes through. It's like workout clothes, sleeping clothes, lounging clothes. And he likes to dress up for work now. So there's like work clothes, even though he works in our basement, but, um, yeah. anyway, so I just feel like, yeah, cause I do his shirts all like separately so they don't get as wrinkled, whatever. It's just, oh. it ends up being like more loads than I thought we did. And I was like, oh, I could actually really do one like Monday through Friday yeah, and I wouldn't be like out of clothes to do. So I think I might try that system. It's worked really well for me. Our laundry is, um, in our basement, like the furthest corner. So yeah. it's kind of a, a thing. It's not like I'm walking by the washer and dryer all day, every day. One day, maybe I'll live in a house oh, like that, and that will a be dream. pure luxury. But right now, it's I kind of I, I can easily go like a week without thinking about it because yeah. I don't see it. Yeah, until you're out of clothes, and then you remember. <laughs> until Pat's like, "Why do I have no boxers?" <laughs> um, yeah, and then the dishwasher, same thing. I thought it was wasteful to run it, even if it wasn't completely full. But apparently, with the really high efficiency. Mm -hmm. same thing with washer and dryers. Like I'll just do, even if we don't have a ton of clothes, I'll do like a small load. Um, and it uses less water and that's how I justify it in Mm -hmm. my head. And then, and I just try to do like cold water unless I need the hot water for all the baby food stains all over. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, with the washer, same thing. Like you can do a half load, but running it at night and it being clean, sometimes paddle empty it in the morning. And those days I'm like, jackpot when I open it. <laughs> um, but if he doesn't, when I put John John in his high chair to feed him lunch, um, he normally has kind of like a finger foodie lunch. So I can kind of be doing other things while he's eating and I'll empty it then. And then it's empty for like putting everything so far in and then the yep. dinner stuff. And then you just run it again and do it all again the next day. Just move on with your life. <laughs> yep. But it is. When you have a whole bunch of dirty dishes, then you don't want to, it's annoying to cook mm-hmm. and you don't have like the spatula that mm-hmm. you actually like is dirty. And it just makes things so much easier. We both don't have like massive kitchens. So I feel like we can't have, like, I don't have a ton of duplicates of things. Like I even only have a couple cookie sheets and it seems like you use those so often that it's like, you kind of have to, Yeah. you can't, you can't let things go too long. No. And honestly, if you listen to our spring cleaning episode last week, <gasps> I like, I don't want a bunch of duplicates. No. It's just crap to it, it. 
it allows you to let stuff pile up more. Yeah. So as annoying as it is to like do dishes every day, it also makes your life so much easier because you don't end up with like four dirty spatulas to clean. Like you have to wash the one you have. And yeah, I did recently invest in a couple more like, um, pan like spatulas for flipping eggs because mm-hmm. I make eggs every day and it was like so annoying that I would literally have one like yes, I only had that one. makes sense so I have you a couple need a few to rotate yeah you need a few of a couple things but <laughs> we just don't have like a million drawers to keep like all these different items it's like you just kind of have to use what you have so and I like uh, not having a packed kitchen so yes it. and we have baby locks on every <laughs> So it's annoying to put stuff away. It's annoying to get it out. So the less of that (laughs) you have to do, the better. All right. My first one is reading before bed. Um, This is something I randomly started doing just because I was, are you, were you done? I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I feel Uh, like I belabored that (laughs) very much. I think so. Um, (laughs) I started reading before bed because I just was like, I used to be so into reading and then I stopped reading very much, especially in high school and college, I feel like. Um, so I started making it a habit. Well, I wanted to read during the day, but it just never happened. So now I just happily mostly only read at night, but I get through books, like one book every two weeks ish. I'd love to read even more, but of course I have the ever so tempting phone next to me as well. So it takes a lot of, um, like it does take some determination to like put your phone down and, uh, pick up the book, but I have, I love reading before bed. I sleep so much better. I find myself just getting naturally drowsy. I don't read anything scary, super intense because of that reason. Um, because I like to read before bed and it'll give me weird dreams if I don't. Um, but for, if you like like chick lit kind of books, like rom-com type books, um, I love reading before bed. I have heard if you want to pick up a reading habit, to try to not only read before bed, like to get into it, try reading like during your lunch break or another time of the day. I sometimes read in the morning too, which I like. Um, but it like, cause it's hard to get into a habit like at the end of the day. Yeah. But once you're into it, I find that it's pretty easy to keep up with it. And I just notice it's something I kind of crave every night to just be able to read for even a couple minutes is worth it. I read on a Kindle and I, I think that might be a, hack to reading in bed because you don't have to like physically hold the book open, which I know sounds kind of dumb, but you can like lay on your side and just tap and, or, you know, scroll the page or whatever. And I feel like that helps me read more. It also means I can bring more books with me if I like go on vacation or whatever. So I pretty much bring my Kindle yeah, you're, we go. you're a Kindle lover. You and I Max do, both on your Kindles. I know. Me and Max both have them. And I, I do really like them. I just like that I can have a bunch of books with me um, and they don't take up a ton of space. So yeah, reading before bed is one of my favorites. You don't have to tire yourself out with turning a page. No, okay. (laughs) No, but if you're like, if you want to be like, I feel like it helps me fall asleep too. No, definitely. Definitely. Because if I read read a regular book, because I went to the library a couple months ago and got a few books, but it's like you have to sit up in bed a little bit more. And I feel like I like to be able to like. I'm laughing because I've definitely like dropped the book. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Me and Max end up with like the Kindles in our bed a lot because we fall asleep and just like set them down and then fall asleep and then the we wake up with like Kindles on our faces and stuff. So anyway, I would really recommend that if you are, if you're not sleeping well, that I feel like is a really easy thing to start with because it's obviously super easy. Okay. So my next one actually kind of goes with the whole evening routine thing. And I was going to say that I have started embracing making, getting ready for bed a little bit more 
of just thinking about it as like self-care time instead of rushing through it. Cause I used to always just be like, I'm tired. I want to go to sleep. And so I would be like almost annoyed that I need to like take out my contacts and wash my face and brush my teeth and like, like annoyed that that takes time to do, even though it's only a few minutes and, um, actually watching queer eye is Mm -hmm. what made me start to look at it differently. Cause Jonathan Van Ness, who I love, (laughs) he always is talking to the people that they're helping. And he says like, this is like a little bit of you time, like time to check in with yourself, time to, you know, make yourself feel good and take care of yourself. And I just thought that was like such a, like you're doing it either way. It's kind of like the laundry and dishes, like you're doing it either way. way. So you can either hate it and resist it and be annoyed by it, or you can just make it as pleasurable as you can. And so I really do like, I like floss and brush my teeth and I, you know, put on my like moisturizer and my lip balm. And it's, I'm doing this exact same things as I used to, but just with a different intention Yeah, and it makes it feel, and I just don't, rush through it quite as much. And it just makes it a really nice way to like set the tone for going to sleep. Do you ever do it before you like watch TV or something for the evening? Yeah. Sometimes, you know, we haven't been watching TV like at all. I don't know, probably because I'm just exhausted at night. <laughs> so I'll go to bed. Like John John goes to bed like by seven or seven thirty, And like, I, I'd much rather at this point be in bed mm. reading earlier than like sit on the couch and this <laughs> sounds so silly, but then like have to get up and yeah. go to bed. Like I want to just get in bed. Um, so I can close my eyes whenever I want to. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so I have, I've even done it before dinner. Like yeah. if I've had a really long day, I'll take a shower and, um, well, you can't really brush your teeth and stuff, but put you know, on and- yeah, put comfies on. Our friend used to call them pre-jammies. Pre-jammies. She probably still does. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, which I- is just like your comfy clothes or robe or whatever. And that's really nice too. Yeah. I like it as a, sometimes I do that just as a transition from work to like relaxing is like do your skincare or something like that, because it's like a fun kind of relaxing activity, but it also kind of, I think my brain signals that like, no, we're done. We're like going to go eat dinner and like lay on the couch now we're done. Yeah. I've been using, I I would love to know because I feel like you are up on things and I am not, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, ever with most things. <laughs> um, I've been just using Cetaphil stuff, um, but I kind of want something more fun, but mm. not $300. I have some, probably some fun stuff I can just give you because oh, I have okay. uh, gotten some PR recently, which is fun. Um, I recently. What just- does PR mean? like free gifts from skincare brands. I have a couple brands that send me stuff, which is really quite lovely. Um, but I have really sensitive skin, so I have to be careful to not like oh, use yeah. too much stuff. Um, yeah, I'll take that stuff. <laughs> I, I don't have sensitive yeah, skin. Right. Um, re- recently, I just got a package from the brand Peach and Lily, and they have the most fun. I've been using their stuff the past couple days, and it is like the most fun. Everything's packaged in like pink and blue and white and it's just like pretty which is nice for sitting on your counter but also they just have really fun little things so that would be great I love I think taking the time to actually enjoy it has made me more interested in like oh I wonder what what other products there are and yeah because Cetaphil is great but it's very basic I like to put serums on even if I don't know if they're doing anything like I just (laughs) think it's fun like it just feels like a fun thing to do but then I get in the trouble of being like I'm gonna put all these things on and my skin's like okay chill like you need to chill (laughs) Like, I wish I had more chill skin so that I could just use everything. Because I'm like, face mask. I only can use, like, certain face masks or else I 
My skin will become fire engine red. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, another thing I did was I got a little salt lamp nightlight. Oh, yeah. I love those. Um, it's the first time I've – honestly, I got it because at this point in pregnancy, I get up so many times a night to pee. And I don't want to turn on the bright light, but I've also, like, slammed into the wall accidentally Ooh. because I don't open my <laughs> – Pat's like, do you just not open your eyes? I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> you think you can get all the way around your room and into your little bathroom and not hit anything? That's ballsy. Yes, ballsy. I do. <laughs> I think and trip over the dog bed. Yeah, and, <laughs> and the dog himself. I have to clear. A, I clear a path before I go to bed. And if Pat like kicked his shoes off or something, I clear a path because I I really try not. You should to just open switch sides. I that has occurred to me. Yeah, because you should be closest to the bathroom. Yeah, and the door. I think, okay, this might be in the what I'm doing differently for baby number mm. two episode. Um, because, yeah, when every step counts, yeah, you want to be on the side closer. But also, I feel like Pat wakes up to John John, so he's kind of got to be close to John John. It doesn't really matter. He does wake up in the morning. Anyway, to be determined. <laughs> anyway, I have been known to slam into <laughs> the door jam going to the bathroom. So I have this little salt lamp nightlight and I just leave that on and just like crack the door and opening my eyes <laughs> a millimeter I tend to make it <laughs> with more directly into the actual door opening mm. it is also lovely to turn the actual lights off and just have that on in yeah. the evening to like brush my teeth and do all those things with because it just sets a very calming mood it's, it's like, like it's like light. lighting a candle but not as you don't have to remember but <laughs> <laughs> or like, where's the lighter? And the, 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 yeah. wah, 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 the whole thing. I probably shouldn't use that sound on the, t- on the podcast. <laughs> anyway. Okay. My next one, this one's a little bit more uh, maybe complex, but it's listening to my hunger cues. And this probably for, you know, a good, I would say a good half of you, this is like, duh, of course. And then the other half of you are like, yeah, no, that's hard. So just know I'm, I'm on that second side. Um, so if you have grown if you've grown up dieting, AKA dieted in high school and college, whatever, um, you can, you know how quickly you can learn. I mean, there's probably a lot of people who, who still don't listen to their hunger cues or don't know how or whatever, but, um, you know how quickly it is for you to get out of the habit of actually thinking about if you're actually hungry or if you are full or vice versa, because dieting tries to tell you how to eat, when to eat, what to eat, without using your body as a cue at all. So hilarious. Right. So it it took literal years for me to get in the habit of actually checking in with myself to be like, am I actually hungry or is it just 12 o'clock? Or am I actually hungry or is it just 6 p.m.? and I'm used to dinner at this point or something like that. And to actually think like, am I hungry? What am I hungry for? Um, there's some really great like accounts that talk about this, but on TikTok and Instagram and everything. But um, the book uh, Intuitive Eating by Evelyn Trimble is a really good option to read if you want to learn a little bit more about how to do this. But um, it has just like my life. I feel my energy is so much more balanced throughout the day. I feel better waking up. Um, I used to eat way past the point of being full a lot, especially when I went out to dinner. And I almost became, I almost like dreaded going out to dinner because I would feel so bad afterwards. Um, but I was, you know, during the week I was eating way under where I was full. And then on the weekends I was eating way over where I was full. And that just does not make you feel very good. Um, I've just noticed such a, it's just so much, my 
like I said, my energy levels are so much better. My mood is a lot better. I feel like that makes a big difference um, because if you're starving, just generally you're kind of mean. Um, so <laughs> to yourself or to other people. I know I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it is, that has made a huge difference. And I mean, I'm very lucky to like work from home and have a lot more flexibility in terms of when I eat and how I eat. But also learning how to listen to your hunger cues means that you can better anticipate how you'll feel after eating something or you know, how something sits with you, all that kind of stuff. But that is a habit that I had to actually like, for a while I had like alarms on my phone to try to like remember to be like checking with myself. I was going to ask, what was the first thing that you did to start making that connection again? Well, I saw a nutritionist that was like a health at every size licensed nutritionist. And at one point I was doing a food journal, which I would say be very, very, very careful with that because that can get really sticky really fast. But it was nice in, I would sort of, I guess the best thing I could say is I um, would kind of think between one and 10. So like one is like not hungry at all, like totally good, not even thinking about food at all for the next couple hours. Five is like, yeah, I'm pretty hungry. I can, I can eat. And then 10 is like, I'm starving. I might eat my chair. Like, and I would try to put myself on that scale and figure out like where I am according to five. Like at um, meal times or just? Oh, I would try to do like an hour before. I mean, I was trying to kind of like every couple hours, every hour or two, because you can like see yourself get closer or it's just really hard if you haven't been doing it a long time. You have like very, I felt like I would go from like not hungry at all to starving really fast. So I would try to kind of learn like what are different signs, even like things like feeling kind of low energy can sometimes mean that you're starting to get hungry or whatever, like the signs before the signs kind of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like if you think of it as a scale and start to try to gauge like at 9 a.m., I'm a two at, uh, you know, at, 1130, I'm a four and a half or whatever. And then you start to realize like, okay, I can like eat enough at certain meals to be full until lunch and stuff like that. But also your body's different. So every day is a little bit different. So you still have to kind of always keep up with just checking it with yourself. But that makes sense if you have been brainwashed into thinking that like a certain uh, amount of food for breakfast is like the right amount, but you're starving at 10 a.m. Like yeah, that's obviously not the right amount of food. But if you're not checking in with yourself, then I'm sure by noon, you're like hangry. Yes. And I find if I wait until I'm starving, I eat way more and not even that that's like a problem, but I'm less satisfied even with a lot more food because I think, I think honestly, my body gets very, is very like traumatized by the whole thing and is like, oh my God, you're going to start restricting food again. But it's just because I was like, you know, literally doing something and actually just couldn't eat for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So I just, I start to get a headache, like all kinds of just unpleasant symptoms. So I noticed for myself, if I don't let myself get to a point where I'm starving, I'm much more calm around food. It feels much more relaxed. Um, That's also why I keep a lot of food at my house, like a lot of snacks, lots of different options, because I just find that having things is so much more... um, like I'm so much, my meals are so much more satisfying and fulfilling and stuff like that. Um, the other thing that I also think about a lot, which this is what I do before every meal basically is think like what sounds the best. Like sometimes you have to be like, okay, based on the options I have, but I also try to think like, does a crunchy thing sound good? Does a salty thing sound good? Does a sweet thing sound good? And I think about that in terms of what actually tastes good, but also actually what like it feels like my body needs. Like, do I need fruit? Do I need, you know, goldfish? Do I need a cheese stick? Do I need 
um, a smoothie, do I like what kind of works for me? And um, so that's kind of a secondary habit, but um, that has made a huge difference in my life um, and makes me like, like I said, I just feel better throughout the whole day by doing that. And I wake up feeling better the next day and stuff like that. So yeah. That's a great one. Maybe we'll do a whole podcast on that at some point. Oh, I yeah. I should go back and like think about what I was like doing at that point because when I was first starting it. Because now it's a little bit more second nature, but uh, it was not for a long time. <laughs> but that's It just shows how anything that you practice and are mindful of, you can become more attuned with or yeah. better at. Yeah. No, it like blew my mind one time when Emily was like, yeah, I don't like eating too much because it makes me feel bad. And I was like, Wait, you have that like naturally in your body. Like you, you've just always known that. And I swear to God, it dieting ruins that. It's not that we're all born with that. We all have that instinct. Oh yeah. From John John, a baby. Sometimes John John's meals, he eats like five bites and he's like, done. Yeah. Done. And, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're not, you're, I mean, obviously within reason, but you like, you pretty much do know unless there's something else going on when you're hungry, when you're full, uh, it's that you get very out of touch with learning what those things feel like in your body. Cause your body's not like putting up like a neon sign being like, now I'm hungry. Now I am full. It's, you have to like really learn to like read the tea leaves of the whole thing. It's very like, it can be yeah, very that's funny because it, it does. But if you cut, like, yes, cut off from that. Yes. Be by outsourcing mm -hmm. someone like looking at other things to tell you when you should eat, when you shouldn't, how much, what, then I see how quickly you just learn to either completely ignore yeah. or uh, just not trust. It's like your body stops even sending the signals. Cause there's people who diet for even like that are even older than me that diet for like much more like decades longer. And they talk about literally being like, I don't feel anything. Like I cannot tell in any way. And I mean, that's like, you have to work that it's like anything. It's like being mm -hmm. flexible. It's like we're all capable of touching our toes, but if you never do it, you wouldn't know how to do it or you wouldn't yeah. be able to do it. Like, uh, yeah. so it, but I'm like, that is, it's scary that you can like lose the ability to do something that is like integral to life. Like the thing that you need to be able to do. And, uh, I, the, I feel like the biggest lie that the diet industry is selling is that you're supposed to eat the same amount every single day at the same times. That is just so unreasonable. With yeah. Your body. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And people believe that like I so eat, like, intensely. Twice as much uh, during a certain time of the month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's but and, but that's just how it is. I'm hungrier. Yeah, so I like, eat more. You, do you do the exact same things every day? You walk the exact same number of steps. You uh, sleep sleep the exact sleep the exact same, same amount. amount of yeah. water. Yeah, you that's pee the exact same amount at the exact same time. Like nobody's life is like that. And uh, like you, you have to be able to, your diet should be just as flexible as everything else. But yeah, anyway, clearly I can talk about this forever, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll go through some more of these a little quicker. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, one thing that I think has been a really wonderful habit in our lives that I started doing when we were saving for Pat to go to grad school and we wanted to be able to pay cash for it. I think it was around the same time Max was getting into mm -hmm. Dave Ramsey. Um, we started using an app called Every Dollar, and the app is less important. It's just that it created this habit with me. I do more of our like day to day managing of our finances, and I check our finances at least once or twice a week. Mm -hmm. At this point, for a while, I was actually looking at it more often because, like I say, we were like really saving aggressively for a specific goal. But 
Um, checking at least once a week is really awesome. And using this app is great because it pulls all your transactions, but you categorize them and it makes you be just really aware of where your money is and where you're at for that month. Um, with all, all your different categories. I wouldn't say that we are like, like, I never expect our budget to actually work out perfectly. Perfectly. It's kind of like food. Like, I don't expect that the groceries I get are going to last us perfectly one week. Exactly. Yeah. Like we always go over in some areas, we go under in some areas, like whatever things come up. But I think the real value in, um, checking your finances frequently is just, just knowing where your money's going yeah. and being able to make decisions and, um, kind of like maybe pivot more frequently if you need to, like, instead of getting to the end of the month and being like, Oh my God, we ate out like 40 times and we spent so much money. It's like so easy for things to it get. It is. And like, you don't, it's, you think you'd realize, but it's like, you forget that you're still in the same month that you were two weeks ago. <laughs> right. We're all like, I mean, like last month when I was like, I want to get some, a few new pieces of clothes and I made a few online orders and you know, the month ended before I'd made returns. And like, that's a lot of Mm -hmm. money because I also follow what Carla says, which is to order a bunch of sizes and a bunch of things. You have lots of things to try. Don't just yeah. order one size. So it makes it an investment yeah. on the front end, even if I only keep a couple things. Right. Um, so anyway, that's just been something that's been really helpful to us. It keeps you accountable. And like, I feel like we're always making progress on the goals that we have because I just know what's actually going on. Yeah. I feel like the whole, the fact that we all just use credit cards and debit cards yeah. and whatever, like you used to just have a certain amount of cash and it was like more obvious. Like you didn't have to budget it maybe because you could keep track of how much you had spent. Whereas like in a lot of ways, it feels like you have an unlimited limit, which of course you yeah. don't, but like the idea that like often your credit card limit is much more than what you could actually spend or what you you know want to spend. So well, even having things on auto pay, like you're yeah. paying for things without even realizing yeah. it. Yeah. And it's just really helpful to see those charges in black and white and yeah. be like, oh, okay. Like maybe we don't need to go out to eat again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My next one is working in a specific place every day. I go through phases where I'm better or worse at this, where sometimes I want to work in the living room where, you know, recently I worked in bed for the first time ever. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, why don't I do this more often? But I just find that the whole like working from home thing it just goes a lot better if you have a specific place. I know not everyone gets to have a specific place. So I'm, I'm really grateful that I do have like a, a little office. It's an extra bedroom. Um, but it is just really nice to have all my work stuff in that space. It makes it, I try to like almost not even come in here on the weekends because I feel like it gets my wheels turning to be in here, which is a good thing during the week. But during the weekend, I try to kind of like yeah, leave the room as is because it's just like, it's just like a natural signal to myself that it's time to actually work and um, be a little bit more focused. So I feel like that's a habit that I know ever, I know there's like some flexibility with that. Of course, not every single day, maybe, but I would say actually I do like out of a month, I probably do like 90% sitting at my desk in my office and 10% maybe somewhere else. Uh, sometimes going to a coffee shop is nice or whatever, but um, I would just say if you can find a room that is nice and bright. That's like a A plus. That's an extra benefit. But um, sitting in the same place every day really helps you be a little more focused. I agree. It definitely helps with 
the like separation of work and life. Mm -hmm. My desk is just in our living room, but it's kind of like around a wall where if I'm in the kitchen or the family room, I can't quite see it, which is nice. And it's just where it works right now. So I can be watching John John or whatever if I need to do something on my computer. But it definitely is like, I don't sit down there unless I'm planning on being productive. And if I just want to like fart around on my phone or something, I sit on the couch and... Do you think other people say fart around on their phone? (laughs) Where did I get that? Our mom. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's just an us thing. But (laughs) Anyway, y'all are hearing all the intricacies of our conversations. Um, Okay. A quick one that I have is when I was really struggling with drinking enough water, I put a glass next to the sink in my bathroom. And Mm -hmm. every time I go to the bathroom... Drink a glass of water. Ooh, that's a good one. I don't know if that's gross, if that's like you shouldn't be drinking (laughs) out of something that's like, you know, in the same room as your toilet, whatever. But, you know, it's immunity. (laughs) What's really crazy is I I was like Pavlov's dog. Like I would go to the bathroom and wash my hands and I would be, I'd feel thirsty. And so like I trained myself and it really helped to just actually drink more water without being like where's my water bottle? How many ounces? Cause like also again with the whole intuitive thing, like some days I'm thirstier than other days, Yeah. but drinking a glass every, like a small glass, not like a gigantic, but, um, just made me feel, it made me feel energetically better overall. And also just better. Like I knew I had some baseline of water intake for the day. At least. Yeah, exactly. At very least. Um, okay. My next one is getting outside as soon as possible in the morning. Um, I know I talked about this podcast a couple episodes ago, but it's the sleep podcast by Huberman lab. I think it's his like second podcast or something. Um, and I really, his whole thing is just about how great it is to get outside in the morning and it's getting easier and easier since it's not so cold out. And I just honestly crave it. I generally go out there with just my coffee, no phone or anything. And it's such a nice, just, I, it's like a couple minutes. It's like, I mean, he says like one to three minutes, but I'm probably out there like five minutes most mornings. And you just listen to the birds chirping and it's just like a nice little, it's like the most gentle like meditation slash, sometimes I just let my mind wander. I'm not even like focused on anything in particular, but it just feel like it really centers my day in a very, very easy way where I don't have to get like a journal and a, you know, have to have a timer and have to have like all the things and light a candle and whatever. It's just like you just go outside <laughs> and you're just like, Max actually put a chair on our front. We have a front little porch and that's where it's sunniest at our house. So I can sit out there and it's like as warm as possible. Yeah. But I just normally, I honestly like wear a pair of sweatpants, my pajama top, and I put my jacket over, like I'll just grab my jacket and put it over my pajamas. And my neighbors might think I'm a little bit crazy, but I don't really care. And it's, it's just great. I just feel like the fresh air in my face as soon as I wake up is just good. Um, and I do think it kind of helps with, I've been waking up naturally earlier. So I think it is helping with the whole naturally learning how to be a little bit more of an early riser. I mean, I always have been, but just a little bit. You have been. I'm so jealous of being an early riser. Yes. Yeah. I used to, I remember being a child and saying 7am is the perfect time to wake up. Like, I just, I don't know why I always think like that just sounds so right to me, but this morning it was daylight saving. So it was dark this morning, but I went to CrossFit. So I had to get up anyway. (laughs) Yeah. I've always been so impressed that you have such a like steady internal clock. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is we've talked about this, that I don't go to bed the same time every night either. I generally do because I get tired, but I literally don't keep track. Like I just, if you ask her what time did you go to bed last night? She doesn't know. I don't know. 
And I swear it's like the same thing as the diet stuff. I feel like we've all gotten kind of obsessed with knowing our stats. Oh my God. Like everyone, how exactly did I sleep? Yeah, how did I sleep? Not how to make fun of anyone, but people, <laughs> yeah. are like, people are like, well, how many I'm in this zone for this and yeah. this zone for this. Yeah, no. And like, how many steps did I get and how many ounces of water do I drink every single solitary day? And if I don't drink that, then I'm doing bad or whatever. Like, I don't, I try to just like not keep, I have too much to keep track of anyway. I don't have time to keep track of exactly how many hours I slept. And it would always give me the false sense of like, oh, well, I should be, I shouldn't be tired because I slept this long. I'm like, yeah. no, sometimes I just am. And also I think as women, we have like, I just feel like every week of the month is just a whole different ball game. So you just don't know what you're going to get necessarily. And, um, I just don't think it matters, but I do think I wanted to naturally wake up earlier. So getting outside as soon as possible has helped that. So I think it lends to that idea of feeling like we have a lot more control than yes. we think or than we actually do. Like if I sleep eight hours every single night, I will never feel yeah, such an arbitrary tired thing. or cranky or this or that. Or if I eat the perfect meals, then mm -hmm. I will never. And it's like below energy. There's too many factors. Yeah. It's just, it's just not like, I mean, you can obviously recognizing like the patterns of if I don't get you know, seven hours of sleep, I really don't. Eat. Yeah. They're like the extremes, but within the middle. Yeah. It's all. And I just think at some level we are like humans that it's kind of a cumulative effort. You know, there's just stuff that, that matters. And I feel like we all kind of internally know what is sort of right for us. Like personally drinking more than like a cup or two of coffee every day. I don't feel like that makes me feel good. If, you know, some people that might be three cups, like whatever that is for you, that's fine. But I just personally have like sort of an internal, I don't know, that just feels like the right choice to me. The same with, I don't work out every single day. Doesn't feel right to me. Like, and I also, now now that I, I don't even keep track of how much sleep I have, I swear I sleep better, longer, just in general, I feel better. Not longer, but you're, you sleep the right amount for you. Well, but I feel like I don't spend time thinking about like I would go to bed being like, oh, if I don't get to sleep right this second, I'm going to not get seven hours. Like I yeah. just go to sleep and I feel like maybe <laughs> I actually get a couple more minutes. Yeah. So I True. Cause you're not anxious about it. Yeah. It just seems like it's all a lot simpler and it goes to show the things that you feel the most, like, I don't want to say like not insecure. Like if you feel insecure about sleep, I feel like it makes sleep so much harder. Whereas mm -hmm. if you just feel, I feel confident and go to sleep every night and sleep enough for my body. I don't have to yep. like think about it the same way. If you feel confident that you can feed your body and feel it appropriately without a ton of effort, you, you just do that. You don't have to like question yep. it. We've talked about this. It's almost like the less you have to think about something is the amount of freedom you have with it. Yeah. It's like your body just gets to decide and mm -hmm. that's the ideal situation <laughs> Yep, totally. <laughs> for a lot of these things. Um, okay. I have one more and it's sort of a productivity one. Um, I actually heard about it from another podcast, but it has been really great for me, especially in this phase of like my time and, um, energy can be kind of scattered. I don't just come into my office and sit down mm -hmm. and have the whole day to work. So it's called the Ivy Lee method. Um, I think it was skinny confidential mm -hmm. that I, someone, cause you told me to listen to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, someone sent me this episode about focus. <laughs> It was you. It was me. <laughs> and then you sent me another one. Yeah, anyway. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, but it's that every day you just sit down and write down the top six things that you need to get done for that day. And then you um, 
think about what will actually make the most difference and prioritize them in that order. So I will, I kind of keep like a long running, just like brain dump list for the week of like all the random things that I need to do. And then each day on my planner, I'll write down the things that make sense to get done today or the things I need to get done today. And then I look at those and just put numbers next to them. And the big thing is having the discipline to only work on number one until number one is completely done. That's the And then working on number two. But the great thing is even if you only, at least for me, if I only get two things done that I was hoping to get done that day, like that's okay. Like maybe John John needed me more, whatever. That's totally, that's totally fine. But I know I got the most important things done and that feels very gratifying instead of doing 10 dumb things that didn't matter that first (laughs) first and then being like, wait, I didn't even do the thing that actually matters. And now I'm stressed. And it's just been a really helpful thing for me in this. I mean, I think it would be helpful for anyone, but especially when like you have like, oh, um, he's taking a nap or, oh, he, he and Patrick are playing outside. I can sit down and like work for maybe 20 minutes or whatever. It's really helpful to keep things in order of like what actually matters. So you can just sit down and actually work instead of being like, wait, which things it's like that whole idea of like important versus urgent. Like what is and non-important and non-urgent. I have a habit of doing the non-important and (laughs) non-urgent tasks first somehow. They're always the easy ones. (laughs) Yeah. And the, the the quick stuff is really makes you feel like you're picking up momentum, but at the end of the day, you're like, all right, well, I never even got to the thing that actually mattered. Well, yeah. And depending on, yeah, like it depends on how much time you have to, to fiddle around, fiddle fart around. Fiddle fart around. That is an and. That is where that came from. That's why you said fart around on your phone. Fiddle fart around. (laughs) Okay. You're just fiddle farting around. Fiddle farting around. (laughs) Um, Okay. The last one I have is constantly curating who I listen to, watch, and watch online. Um, I mean, in person too, but I love unfollowing people. It is a joy. Really. <laughs> it's decluttering your social space. Yeah. It's like, you don't even have to get a trash bag out. Um, no, I find that I just constantly, if I see stuff that I'm just like, nah, like if I get any kind of, I don't know, if it's like negative feelings to something, mm-hmm. I mute them, I unfollow them, whatever. It doesn't matter. But I just find that that has made that habit. I don't know why I used to feel some sort of like, Like I owed these people something, even people that I didn't know. Um, I also used to think that like listening to somebody would, I almost want to say like super motivate me. Like I used to listen to like health and wellness content a lot. And I think I thought that would make like me just be a different person. It turns out it doesn't like it's, it's one thing to maybe get inspired by someone or learn something online. I think there's actually a ton of opportunity to do that, but there's a lot of things that there's people that are not experts talking about things that you that are kind of like triggering for you. And they're like kind of claiming they're an expert. Yeah. Disclaimer. We're not experts in anything. Nothing. Literally nothing. (laughs) So just just know. Anything we're sharing is just because it's our personal experience. And maybe it will like be helpful to someone. That's our hope. But we are definitely don't have it all figured out anyway. So and I just find that like if this podcast is giving you bad vibes, please do not listen. Like I don't want you to. Like even as the person creating the content where the amount of listens matters to us at some level, I don't want you to. Yeah, for all our big sponsorship yeah. deals. Yeah. Um, no, but I'm just saying, like, if you, I just, I don't even want that. And I find that even I used to completely cut out accounts or podcasts and stuff, but now I just kind of filter them by like, 
if I see someone like Skinny Confidential is an example mm -hmm. where I like her podcast, but a lot of them are very health and wellness focused to an extent. Well, or weight loss. Yeah, weight loss focused, truly. Mm -hmm. And I personally do not listen to that kind of content because I don't find it to be helpful for me. And I will just like see if it's in the title. I mean, they, they like to put weight loss in the title. If it's, if it's part of it. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a, it's so sad. And you know that that's something people are interested in. Yeah. It's a, clearly a, but it's, it's just great because I'm like, I am just not going to put myself in the position to hear things that I have to then filter back out of my mind. I'll just go ahead and not listen at all. And, um, I just find that that's helpful because of course things do slip in sometimes, but for the most part, I just, I just curate, uh, really smart. I even on TikTok because TikTok's one of the accounts that, you know, it, it, it's giving you what it thinks you want. If I see something about weight loss, I scroll really fast away because it knows I'm, I'm not interested in that. So okay. I purposely like just make it, try to make it known as much as possible online that I'm not interested in that kind of content. And I don't see as much of it anymore. And it's lovely. Yeah. Um, the algorithms are learning you yeah. and that's a good thing in a lot of ways. Yeah. Or it can be a good thing if you take the initiative to be like, no, yeah. I'm not accepting that yep. into my little social or my little bubble. And it used to just, I would like get to work with back when I worked a regular job and I had listened to a podcast on the way there and I would just like feel bad about myself or something. And I'm like, why it's like the anti-motivation. Yeah. It's supposed to make you feel good and excited and energized. And it makes and you like, feel shameful or something. Ugh, yeah. yeah. So I just, if you are ever listening to something, like you don't have to keep up with podcasts or Instagram accounts or YouTube channels or TikTok feeds that are not, or people's stories. People's stories. If you know them, just mute them. Yeah. It's fine. They it's don't know. no big deal. And the way that it all works, it's not unreasonable that you didn't see something. So someone's like, oh, did you see it on my story? No, but that's not, that doesn't mean anything. No, it's not because, yeah. You can, you could have just not seen it. So it doesn't right. matter. <laughs> it's just at the end of the line or whatever. Yeah. So I just, I find that that has made a big difference in my day-to-day -day life is just go ahead and if I just see something, just unfollow it right then and there or don't listen or don't participate. And uh, it's just, it's like a declutter all the time. Yeah. That's a great one. Um, I have one little bonus. Yes, go ahead. Okay. It might be a little bit deep for the very end of the podcast, but something that I am really proud that I've gotten more into the habit of is taking out other people. And I'm, I'm by no means an expert, but something that I've been working on and has been a really nice thing in my life is taking how other people treat me as more of a signal of what's going on with them mm. than myself. That's a hard habit to get into. It's a hard one. I will say Patrick is very naturally like very empathetic and benefit of the doubt and doesn't get super personally offended by anything. Even someone being like blatantly rude. <laughs> I'm like, I think this qualifies, but yeah. um, I think his like influence on me, but also just, learning and becoming more mature and going to therapy and everything and, um, having a better idea of like what someone else might be going through that would lead them to treat me in a certain way is really, really nice. Not, not to say that I'm not like reflective and want to know, like if someone, if I have, you know, upset someone or whatever, I obviously I want to know that, but right. On like a day-to-day -day basis, if you run into someone at the grocery store and they're like really rude to you and cranky or whatever, 
like they don't even know you. Yeah. It, it's not like, I feel like that you, that something like that would like kind of rile me up and mm -hmm. like upset me and just feel like, oh my God, like this injustice of like this person was like so rude to me and for da, no da, da, reason for no reason. And like, what is wrong with them? And da, da, da. like, I actually have no idea what's wrong with them. Yeah, Maybe something some is stuff. really <laughs> wrong with them. I mean, I remember like a couple weeks after our brother died, I ventured out of our parents' house for like the first time to go to a yoga class because I was like, I need to do something for myself and whatever. It was a, just like the most horrific time. Yeah. And I pulled up to a stop sign on my way to the class and I had my windows open and this guy yelled into my car, perk up. Why don't you smile? Like, why do you look so sad? And I literally was like, my brother just, I said the F word, <laughs> died. I like screamed back at him. I was so mad. And I was like, it was just such a perfect example of like, you have no bro, idea. you have no idea. No. So the random person in the post office, yeah, like, it's just something that I've been working on and it's been a really wonderful habit. And honestly, even like between me and you, yeah. like if you're in a bad mood, like it might be about me and you'll tell me, Yeah, but it's probably not. Well, I think the thing is to give people the opportunity to tell them if you, if you do suspect they've, you know, you've hurt their feelings, just go ahead and say, is there something I did? Yeah. And then most of the time you'll find out for sure. They're like, oh no, 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 no. I'm just in a bad mood or, yeah. oh, actually this thing you said bothered me or whatever. It's like, you can give them the opportunity to know for sure, but just a random run. Just give them the grace to be like, they're in a bad mood. Sometimes I'm in a bad mood and yeah. I probably accidentally, you know, seem rude to someone else. Like totally. if they give me the grace, I'll give them the grace. And sometimes we can all just not take it too personally. Yeah. So that's my last little one. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this podcast was I don't even want to say hope it was helpful because I have no <laughs> idea if it was helpful, but I hope this maybe made you feel a little bit more human because clearly these are things we had to uh, work on making habits in our life. So yeah. um, we will be back with a new episode next Monday. Bye. Bye.